back to range anxiety. It's that time again. It's a Saturday afternoon session for me to bring you every lot and little thing I think or do not or do know about motor cars. It's that 30 years coming back again at you in 30 minutes or about 24, 25, leaving a bit of leeway for advertisers one day. People actually ask me, why do you say 30 minutes and it's only 24 or 25? Well, one day we're going to have adverts in this or maybe not. Uh, you know, so I thought I'd leave room like they do on TV shows, but uh, nah, probably just because I'm lazy and run out of stuff to say, really. Thank you to the Prodigy there for Firestarter. What a great intro track. And uh, what a great intro track it is indeed, because like most of my intros, it's fairly topical uh, for what we're about to talk about for the day. And guess what we're about to talk about today? We're going to talk about vehicle fires, and there's a good reason. Obviously, I always tie this in with something new, um, hands up in the classroom of listeners here if you've ever been involved in a vehicle fire at all. Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? No, no one? I have. Yeah, not major, but been around quite a few car fires um, over my time. I suppose that's what happens when you expose yourself to motor cars constantly. There's going to come a time where you see one a lot, and it's never ever a good thing in fact it's a bloody frightening thing and car fires get out of control really really quickly um and burn with an intense an intensity and a ferocity that has to be experienced to be believed you know once once a, a fire catches on a car uh the heat that's generated is just absolutely immense and one thing you normally do notice, though, is that the tyres always seem to make it through. Interesting, that. You know, you're left with not much of a car at the end of it, but there's tyres. Rarely does the heat ever pop the tyres, or do the tyres ever burn. I mean, sometimes they do, but if it's a, if it's left go, yeah. But, but if it's a controlled fire, i.e. the fire brigade get there at some stage, you'd be surprised at how uh, quickly the tyres don't burn. So you're left with kind of like a smouldering rack with these wheels and tyres on it, yeah, like a skateboard sort of thing. Pretty interesting, that. But um, good job, that. Sound like Richie, don't I? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's not something you want to be around. With that in mind, I always carry a fire extinguisher um, in my road cars. Uh, they kind of had to force me kicking and screaming to do it in the Tesla because, and obviously more on this later, this is what I'm leading to. Everything's coming to a head a point here, but um, I didn't want to put one in the Tesla because if my own car catches on fire, you're not going to put it out, even a Model 3 with a 50 kilowatt pack in it, battery size, uh, you're not going to put it out with one kilo of, of uh, dry foam. In fact, you're not going to do anything apart from make yourself look like the Pillsbury Doughboy um, when you get covered in the foam. So, you know, then I remembered back to my roots and after Cam's made me mount one or Motorsport Australia made me mount one in here just, you know, just in case. Um, I remembered back to my roots and I thought uh, there have been times where I've actually pulled over on the side of the road and helped out others that are on fire. So that's a good reason to carry a fire extinguisher too. Um, normally Italian cars or older European cars, rarely Japanese cars, but <clears throat> particularly Alphas, anything with big sets of twin carbs or anything that's carbs backfire and create standoff out the inlet manifold normally tend to start a pretty good engine bay fire from time to time and because it's all fuel uh 
based. It's it's you've got a few minutes or a minute or thirty seconds, I don't know, to catch it before it goes. So quick action with a one kilogram extinguisher can actually save a vehicle. Been there, done that, and and it's a good feeling. I mean, you mess up the car a bit by spraying foam everywhere and you know what have you, but. It's a good feeling to know that you saved someone's pride and joy. I mean, foam wipes off. You can't really grab the smoke and put it back in to make the trim and the engine and the wiring loom and the entire car again. So, yeah, that's good. So I advise everyone to go out and spend that 25 bucks and and whatever, you know, you need to do for a bracket with your, one of those universal bracketeers. And just mount a fire extinguisher in your car. In fact, I'm looking at mine in the Model 3 now. It's a bloody good thing. However, there is... There is a few protocols that you have to follow. Now, I'm not a fire expert and I'm not a fireman and I'll probably get in trouble for telling you this, but I have my own set of protocols I follow around a vehicle fire. With a normal car, you know, an internal combustion car, if you see smoke coming out from under the bonnet, the very, very last thing you do as an individual with one kilogram of fire extinguisher to spend wisely, the very, very last thing you do is lift that bonnet. Or lift the hood because when you do that if there are any flames there all you do is you start feeding them oxygen and there's nothing more a fire likes and to be fed a fresh air the way to put a fire out obviously is to starve it of oxygen because that's what it needs to keep that reaction going so you know many times i've heard the stories and i've seen it once or twice of people put over on the side of the racetrack when i've been racing you know, I haven't kind of stopped because, you know, I've been doing my own thing and there are fire crews there that are way more experienced and qualified at putting out a vehicle fire than I am. But I've seen people, you know, looking at the front of their car, smoke starting to come out from under the bonnet and they pop it and woof. It's like a big dog goes woof and up come the flames. And, you know, that's when you better pray that the fire extinguisher, you know, that the fire crew is not far away because you'll be surprised how quickly you can empty a one kilo extinguisher and nothing happens. Yeah, nah, not a good thing. Not a good thing at all to see flames like that engulfing a car. And you get to that point of critical mass where your fire extinguisher is sort of done. Um, your little one kilo, the fire crew are still 300 metres away and they're, you know, they're slowly trundling in their older vehicles or whatever or racing towards you what do you do to save your car in that time before the fire extinguisher the fire team the crew get there the experienced professionals or the experienced trained volunteers you know what you do you get the hell back and get away from the vehicle that's on fire consider that you've just lost it and that's that okay so that's my wise words to you do not get in fire because you know you get burnt it's something that's very very hard to repair and can live with you for the rest of your life where a car you can just jump on the net and buy another one you know it might hold a special place in your heart and it might be dear to you and you might have serenaded it and sung it love songs at the end of the day it's a hunk of metal and it can get stuffed if it wants to burn let it burn save your own hide first and foremost so yeah that is something you should be doing um where fires become a little bit more interesting and a little bit more difficult uh, is when they're oil fires. Um, I've always found fuel fires tend to burn brightly for a bit, but they're like they kind of go out quickly too once everything's extinguished in the engine bay, providing providing um, obviously nothing else catches. Oil fires are normally 
uh, the result of an all line blowing off or you know some mechanical failure um, and they're not something that normally happens but they seem well, my experience probably because I've always been an accident involved or something they've been a bit more serious um, they don't have the flash sort of um, capability of a petrol fire you know to burn really intensely really quickly and then be reasonably easy to extinguish they tend to start more slowly and uh, then erupt into something major that can be a real problem um to put out and take hold of the vehicle pretty quickly like you know we a guy i was associated with um i lost a car pretty much to fire after rolling it because yeah, when he rolled it, that the car was inverted. You know, he was driving fast up a hill, essentially ran out of talent, took the wrong line, bounced it off, you know, pinballed it off the inside of a wall and woof, understeered it straight off the outside of the corner, or even if you didn't hit the wall. You know, that thing where you're, if you're a nervous driver and you're not experienced, you turn in early to the apex thinking that helps you around the corner. But no early apex in particularly a fast corner chokes the exit and will understeer you wide and pretty much that's what happened here off into like a gutter and then proceeded to barrel roll it two or three times of course everyone else got the blame um but yeah that, that's essentially what happened all the gear and no idea we call it and when the vehicle was inverted um it started to leak oil onto hot uh, turbocharger manifolds and started to smoke slowly and then faster and then faster and woof up she went and being inverted obviously the first thing any driver should do is head to the door as fast as they can and try and get out of the car save your own ass first who cares things upside down you got one kilogram you empty that in a few seconds and wait for the fire crew yeah unfortunately the fire crew were at the bottom of a hill about a mile away in uh, old imperial terms and they had something, it was like a 1920 Ferguson sort of tractor fire unit, and it took them a long time to get there. And by the time they got there, the car was done. Luckily for the driver, he managed to scrape his own ass out of the vehicle and um, escape with only very, very superficial injuries to the body, like none, and obviously massive ego uh, injuries. Oh, well, go motor racing, you get that. Um, but that was an oil fire that took hold and then never, never any good. Which brings me, obviously, to uh, my next port of call here, which is the incredible fear and trepidation with which, uh, or hysteria maybe is a better word, with which the general um, media treats electric vehicle fires. Now, don't get me wrong. They can be, lithium battery fires can be a real pain in the ass to, or the butt to deal with. Uh, normally, if you're sitting on top of the battery. So, yeah, you don't want that to happen. However, due to the big fight that's going on, you know, the, the balance of world order, internal combustion versus electric, who's going to win? I mean, we all know the answer to that. Internal combustion is dead. It's stupid. It did a good job for a long time. It's going to leave us with some good... Um, collector cars that we can all get out and put our funny hats on and drive around on the weekend like distinguished old gentlemen, you know, popping and banging in our old internal combustion cars, but they're gone. But there's a lot of investment and a lot of money out there that will make sure that this ain't going to go down without a fight. Um, and it's ugly. And the sort of things that 
the general public are being fed and, and absorbing about the real risks, realities of firefighting procedures and, you know, the concept of electric cars and fires, it's, it's actually disgraceful. You know, people say, oh, I was reading something and I don't believe anything about COVID on the news. Yeah, well, COVID's a real disease and it can kill you and it is highly transmissible, according to the scientists. Um, according to the media, it can be any one of those things, but normally because COVID sells, they'll try and beat it up and follow the advice of science. In the case of electric vehicles at this stage, though, I think um, I think the data, the actual transport safety data, shows that an electric car, particularly Tesla, they're the only ones with any real um, time on the board here. You know, uh, as far as putting vehicles out there, it's something like fifteen to twenty times less likely to catch a light and burn than an internal combustion car. There's, you know, hundreds of internal combustion engines due to the sheer number on the road, or probably thousands in the world, go up and torch and get burnt to the ground every day. Every day they get burnt and you don't hear about it. One Tesla gets burnt and it makes front page Reuters, Bloomberg, CNBC, CNN, Fox... Tesla tries to kill driver, goes up in flames. Well, yeah, the driver probably wouldn't be too happy, you know, and uh, there's a fair chance that if you sit in the car while it's on fire, it will kill you, just like any other car. But the reason um, for this, there's, 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 t there's two reasons why the media concentrates so heavily on electric vehicle fires, and particularly Tesla ones. A, Tesla, the most exposed company out there in in electric vehicle land because it's all they do, right? They can't offer you, uh, you know, free test drives of any other car. In fact, they don't have a public relations department and that is the next big thing. And they don't believe in advertising. So that, that's the next big thing. So any company that cannot pay for advertising on the news becomes the enemy of the news because that's how the news make their money. This has been the age-old adage forever. You know, um, if you pay for advertising, you'll receive favourable treatment. I don't give a shit what anyone says, how you know, ethical people are or aren't. I have seen this in the Australian media industry with my own two eyes over many, many years. You want to be included in this comparison? Buy a full-page ad. And we will include you in the comparison. You might have the best product in the world, but buy a full page ad. And then we'll include you in a comparison. Yeah, what you've done is groundbreaking and you're going to make millions of dollars overseas and you're going to solve a massive crisis in the world. But buy a full page ad and we'll write about it in the magazine. As you see, Tesla don't do that. So any chance, any chance to punish them for that, the media jumps. And the next thing, this isn't conspiracy. This isn't the world is flat and COVID is fake. This is actual shit that goes on. And why does it, you know, apart from that, why does it go on? Well, uh, dollars TSLA, which is the Tesla stock um, handle on the NASDAQ, uh, it probably still is, but was at one point the he most heavily shorted stock on the NASDAQ. So what that means for those of you that don't play the market is that, Say you, the listener, have a million shares in Tesla. And I say, look, uh, can I borrow 
500,000 of them off you for 30 days and I'll give you an extra 100,000 shares when I return them. She goes, that sounds like a good deal to me. So what then I go do is I go grab the, your half a million shares. I then look at the price of Tesla, which is say 10, these are all hypothetical. Price of the stock, say 10 bucks, $10 a stock. And then I say, right, um, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna buy an old cheap Model S. I'm gonna set it on fire and say, look what happened, my Tesla just got fire, I nearly died. People are gonna look at that. Investors are gonna get nervous and go, well shit, I'm getting out while well, the value is good. And they sell their Tesla stock and they sell the price down to about eight or $7, at which point I've already sold mine at the $10, right? Before, before I burnt a Model S for you, which point I buy back in at $7. I've made a huge profit. So I buy you 600,000 shares plus all my share, like a, a whole lot for me. I give you 600,000 back, say job done. Then I go out and I buy a Model S and I say, this is the best car ever made. Everyone buy one of these. And the price goes up again. Obviously, that is a simplification of a fairly complex issue, but people do it. So if you've got, say, in real terms, there are people out there that have 50 million invested in betting against Tesla succeeding, right? Shorting. Every stock gets shorted. Musk gets shorted heavily. You know, and he plays with them and he burns his shorters and tries to pump the price. You know, it's a game. It's a horrible game. But any big public company, there are people betting and hoping and praying that you fail because they make money out of it. Why is this? Essentially because people are scum. That's right. Dogs. Dogs are the good things. Which leads me to our final point for the day, which is within three weeks of release, there is now a heavily publicised plaid Model S fire. And it's a real, real tricky, shitty situation. The first I heard of it, uh, I saw it online because, you know, I follow this stuff on Twitter all the time. And then, you know, people come up my um, in my messenger going, oh, well, you know, oh, they, they don't do their cooling as good as Porsche. <laughs> they caught fire. I said, well, and I have two standard answers. Well, we have a good look at this in depth at, at a later stage. Well, I always wanted a hot car. So the plaid's obviously pretty hot. And secondly... If it's spontaneously combusted for no reason, it puts it up there with, you know, Lambos and Ferraris and all those supercars. It must be a supercar if it just catches a light for no particular reason, because they've been doing it for years and only sporadically making the media. But what really um, tricked, or, you know, got my attention and made me look twice at this is within about an hour of this alleged um, Model S being on fire, there were a lot of inconsistencies yet again in the media reports. First thing is within about an hour to two, they were probably still putting out the fire at this point in time. Apparently the fire took um, three hours to not just put out, but to keep the batteries cool to make sure of no reignition. Yeah, it's a little bit different than when people say it takes days to put out an electric car fire. They're actually getting better at it. Do you hear that clunk just then? That was actually the battery in my Model 3, dunk, expanding and, and doing something in the very cold. Seven degrees C temperatures were up here in. So within a, you know an hour, while the fire was still going, there was a release from the owner who wants to remain unnamed that's had his plaid Model S for three days. There was a media release from his solicitor 
saying we still do not have a response from Tesla on the cause of this incident yet. And then there were uh, uh, the lawyer, the legal company, said that the guy was trapped in the car and only just got out because, you know, all the electrics were on fire and they got electric doors. But um, if you haven't had a good look, they also have mechanical releases in case of emergency, like in case you've got a flat battery and you need to get out in case there is an accident and the electrical systems don't work anymore and you need to get out or in case... You're driving down the road on fire for no particular reason and you need to get out. You pull a mechanical like door handle that's right there on the door. Who would have thought that such a thing was there? So thankfully the owner engaged his brain enough to pull the release. Now when you do that, when you get your bum off the seat, and pull the door on a Tesla, it goes into shutdown and stop mode. And I don't know with the plaid, but when it's slowing up, it'll jam itself into park and lock itself up wherever it is, on fire or not. There were reports, not only of the owner being trapped in the car, but then there were reports of the car driving down the road by itself on fire with nobody in it, which just doesn't happen unless... Now, I don't know how this works on a plaid, unless you use the smart summon feature. So smart summon will bring the car to you wherever you, you know, within a reasonable distance. So you can stand 100 metres up the road from the car and summon it towards you. And it will drive quite slowly at, up towards you so you can get in and continue your drive. It's a really cool thing. So now let's piece this all together. Three-day-old plaid, had some interesting number plates on it, apparently, that some of my American friends looked at and said, it, the plaid's only been out three weeks. It'll a transfer of these old plates from another car from the DMV. will probably take more than three weeks. So it had interesting plates on it. It was a plaid. It was black. So they'd paid more for that colour. And people saying, oh, if you'd paid more optionally for that colour, maybe it wouldn't have burned it. The driver was trapped in the car, but then the car was driving driverless. And these all are witness accounts. Um, I didn't hear the word autopilot yet, which is great. And then when the driver was trapped in the car, uh, he didn't, he because he was trapped in and only just escaped with his life, he didn't pull the emergency release, um, which is right there alongside you. You just pull the door handle and the door opens. You don't do any trickery with electric buttons. So this is all getting smellier and smellier and smellier. But the truth will come out like it does with all of these uh, Tesla fires, like the last big one I know of. They found a bullet in the battery pack and they evidenced that by a hole in the rear seat squad where someone had been firing a handgun through the rear seats into what they call the penthouse, uh, the um, control system, the BMS, on top of the battery and it made its way into the cells and, of course, caused a major catastrophic failure that put it on fire. Who would have thought that if you start shooting your car, it could burn? <laughs> Damn, boy. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's another reason we shouldn't have guns in Australia. To my American listeners, well, y'all need them, <laughs> y'all. So, what, you know, it's unfortunate a plaid burn, and, and the truth will come out, but if I had $10 million uh, sitting in Tesla, you know, uh, right now, and I don't, and there was a chance I could make some good money out of it going short, um, you know, I could make a few million, uh, what would be the problem with buying a 130k US car, and setting it alight to help make me a few million dollars. Work it out, guys and girls. It's not that tricky. But what it is, is this bloody fishy. And I just can't wait. You know, it's not going to put me off buying a platter. You know, if it did go up by itself, so be it. 
They'll fix it. Cars go up by themselves all the time. But I can't wait to get to the bottom of this one. And I will keep you informed because that's what we do here at Range Anxiety. <laughs>